Today, I want to talk to you about the power of prayer. If you weren't here last week, I, I had something, I drew something up for you guys, and I hope this is helpful. I did a graph last week. I've been walking with Jesus for 35 years, and I've always heard preachers talk about different series on prayer, and, and it kind of, I like to put things in buckets, I, categories, buckets, like, okay, bucket A, bucket B, bucket, and where does everything fit? There's different types of prayer, but I'm like, so I wanted to simplify it for you. If you'll pull that graph up, let me give you three simple, what I would call categories or buckets of prayer. So every type of prayer fits with under one of these three. All right, here we go. Number one, Upward. Everybody say upward. Upward prayer. What is upward prayer? Prayer that's upward first up towards God. This is, watch this, this is adoration, this is worship, this is praise, and this is thanksgiving. It's not intercession, praying for others. It's not petitionary prayer, supplication, praying for needs. We get to needs. We pray for others eventually. But upward prayer, number one, it's our Lord who said to his disciples, when you pray, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven. So everyone say upward prayer. Okay, second of all, the second category or what I would call bucket is what's called inward prayer. Inward prayer. So I've gone up, I'm in the presence of God, I'm worshiping God, now I'm in a position, by the way, now I'm in that position. As our Lord told his disciples, let thy kingdom come, pray this way, let thy will be done. What is that? This is the prayer of consecration. One is communion when I go up, number two is, it is consecration, I'm dedicating myself. In other words, every single day when and I prayer and I worship God then I come to that moment it's like God not what I want today but what you want for my life I'll say this and I'll teach on this in a couple weeks God's plan for your life is better than your plan for your life don't ever forget that God's plan for your life it's better than your plan so we can have confidence when we pray that Lord not what I want but what you want Lord in my life number three now we're positioned I've connected with God. I've had communion with God. Number two, I'm consecrated before God. I've said, Lord, I pour out my desires. I pour out my fear. I pour, and, I, and I embrace the will of God for my life. Now I'm ready to partner with God in confronting mountains. And now I'm ready to partner with God, watch this, in interceding for others. Now it's not about me. Now it's not about my relationship with God in the sense of intimacy with God. I'm intimate with God. My needs are covered. Now I'm looking. And God, listen, he's looking for somebody to have one hand with him and one hand on the needs of humanity. This is called intercessory prayer. This is where we pray the prayer of faith. And we're believing for miracles and healing in people's lives. Everybody say upward. upward. Come on, that was weak. Everybody say upward. upward. Everybody say inward. inward. Everybody say outward. Today, I want to talk to you about upward prayer. I want to talk to you about the power of upward prayer. I, um, I got saved, gave my heart to Jesus, October 27th, 1987, one month before I turned 19. And so I was a freshman at college at Tulane University. When I gave my heart to Christ, there was a pastor who had written a book that same year. And his name was Larry Lee. And the book... The book was called, Could You Not Tarry One Hour? Very powerful book. And the book was, in essence, on the beginning, the beginning point was capturing that moment with our Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane when he goes to pray. 
he prays that prayer of consecration, not what I want, O oh God, but what I want. Lord, thy will be done. And he comes back, and there's Peter, James, and John. Watch this. They're sleeping. And he says to them, could you not tarry with me one hour? So the basis of the book is how do you pray an hour a day? Now, having said that, I began to pray, and Larry Lee taught uh, the Lord's Prayer. Again, some would call it the Disciples' Prayer, but our Lord taught the disciples he taught them how to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And I want to say this to all of you. The Lord's Prayer, I believe, is more than just words to be recited. That's powerful. Anytime you recite Scripture out loud, there's power in that. But the Lord's Prayer is not just lines to be recited. Our Father, our in heaven, hell. It's actually topics to be prayed. You can pray 30 minutes or an hour if you pray through the topics. So I designed this for you guys. I actually wrote a book years ago called Simple Prayer, which is all about praying the Lord's Prayer. And uh, it's, it's my prayer life, in essence, that I kind of super transparent. This is a card, a sheet uh, that I have for all of you guys. You can get it online as well. And this is what I pray through. This is how to pray through the Lord's Prayer, not just reciting the Lord's Prayer, but praying through the topics. So I encourage you to laminate it, to hold it, to keep it. I bring this card to prayer every morning. I've had a card like this for 35 years based upon that book, could you not tarry one hour 35 years ago? I want to talk to you today about the power of upward prayer. The starting point for prayer is we look up. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is thy name. I, um, I was excited this week when we're preparing. We have our board meeting coming up, and I was excited. I was looking at all the baptisms and all the people and all the missions work that we've done, and and I saw in there how our church, your church, this church has grown over 1,000 people in 2023. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that? Isn't that powerful? It's amazing. And by the way, let me tell you why that's happening. It's because you're inviting your neighbors and friends to church. Never go to a church that you wouldn't invite your neighbors to. That was a good thought, by the way. And you guys have done that. It's amazing. And so I am very cognizant and aware that there's a lot of people. Now, some people maybe have moved in the area. Maybe they're from a church background. But we know a lot of people that are not from a church background. So I wanted to find a term that is essential to understanding what I'm about to talk about. The presence of God. The term is called the presence of God. Maybe you've heard a worship leader. Our worship. We've got so many great worship leaders. And they're up there. And there's that moment in the service. And when they say, this is important. And they say, just open your heart to the Lord. God's presence, God's presence, he wants to touch you right now. Okay, what does the worship leader mean? Or what does the preacher mean? What does anybody up here teaching you mean when they say the presence of God? This is germane to understanding upward prayer. Here it is. The presence of God actually has two attached concepts, two understandings with it, right? two dimensions to it. Number one. The presence of God first is what's called the omnipresence of God. What does the omni mean? Omni is the Latin word for all. Like you've heard the word omniscient, all knowledgeable. Omnipotent, all powerful. Omnipresent, all present. In other words, the concept theologically is God's presence is in India and in Alaska simultaneously. That's the, um, everybody say omnipresence. Okay. Secondly, and specifically when we're talking about prayer, we're not talking about the omnipresence of God. We're actually talking about the focused 
manifest presence of God. It's not that God's in Alaska. He is in Alaska. It's not that God's in India. He is. But what we're talking about, and we believe the Bible's talking about, specifically related to when you're praying, and you sense the presence of God. Watch this. It's God's. This is important. This is a new thought for new people. God physically enters into our realm, and you sense his presence. In other words... We're spirit, soul, and body, right? We are, we are spiritual life. We have a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And we, we connect with our sense realm, smell, taste, see, touch, hear. Okay. You literally, when God manifests his presence, you can feel it. By the way, that's why people, when they come in here and worship on the weekend, they'll, in the worship service, corporate worship, like this, they'll say, you know, and, and, I, and I appreciate, you know, particularly new people, they'll come and say, you know, Steve, I... I I'll meet him, you know, in the foyer. They'll say, Steve, I, I, I like your talks. Your talks are good. They're informative. That's good. Matter of fact, I've never had anybody say, they're so inspiring. I've had, I, most people say, it makes sense. That's good. How many you know for a preacher to make sense is, like, important? It makes sense. Okay, this is not about me. Here we go. Stay with me. But they say, before your talks, it's the music. It's a little different. It's a little bit, you know, I just, this, I mean, you know, the, the hands thing going up, you know, it's like my neighbors are here, geez, you know, the whole deal. I'm not doing the hands deal. And so people, they get acclimated to our environment a little bit, right? Invariably, someone will say something like this. Y'all, when, y'all, when y'all are doing like the kind of the softer music stuff, it's crazy. I start to cry. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because I know it would be most everyone in here. The reason why you're crying is not because we're showing sad movies up here. Listen. It's because you're feeling the presence of God. How many of y'all grateful for God's presence? Y'all grateful for that? David said it this way in Psalms chapter 16. I love this. Verse 11. For you will show me the path of life in your presence. That's not the omnipresence of God. That's the focused manifest. Manifesting. You sense it. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures Forevermore. So the question we then have to ask is, how do we experience the manifest presence of God? The tangible manifest presence of God. How do we experience it? James, the half-brother of Jesus, who wrote the book of James, I taught on it last year for six weeks in a series I did called Extraordinary Living. James wrote this statement inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's very powerful. We're now asking the question, how do we experience The presence of God. James chapter 4, verse 8. Here it is. You guys ready? Here's what he says. Draw near to who? Everybody say, draw near to? Draw near to God. What do you mean, draw near to God? Yeah, draw near to God. Now, remember this. Whenever the Bible tells you to draw near to God, he's already drawn first close to you. He died on the cross for you. Jesus Christ died on the cross. So our drawing near is a response. It doesn't initiate. We're not the initiator. We're the responder. So you got to see how this works. Number one. Jesus came, died for us on the cross, buried, rose again on the third day, all right? We received Christ. Now we have the opportunity to draw near. But watch this. If we draw near to him, look what the Bible says. What's the second part of that? And he will what? Everybody say it. Draw near to you. What does it mean that he'll draw near to you? He'll manifest his presence in your life. In other words, you can sense the presence of God. You literally 
physically, tangibly can sense God's presence. We draw close to God, we draw near to God, and God draws near to us. What does that mean? That's not the omnipresence. He's in Alaska, he's in India. That means that you sense God right where you are. Why is it, Pastor Steve, that, uh, why is it at times that people don't draw close? I'm going to talk about that. But I want to just share this right off the bat. I know a lot of times people, (laughs) they have the weirdest most interesting concepts about, you know, why it is that they don't want to pray. Why it is that they don't want to come in the presence of God. Maybe, and I just want to say this very pastor, maybe you feel like, you know what, man, I haven't done well this week. And the last thing I want to do is talk to God. I want to help everybody. We don't approach God's presence based upon our goodness or our badness. Matter of fact, we don't, we're not qualified. Nobody's qualified to be in God's presence based upon their works. Matter of fact, it's not my work at all. It's not your work. The Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says this. It's so powerful. I'm talking about now, what is the legal right for us to come into the presence of God? It's not because you served more people, you were better, naughty or nice, are you on the list? It's not your performance. It's not your behavior. That's what Christ did on the cross for us. Well, watch this. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the what? Everybody say it. The blood of Christ. You and I are qualified to come into the presence of God without a sense of fear and shame and inferiority because of the foundation of the blood of Christ. It's because of the blood of Christ we can come by new in a living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, was torn, the cross, having a high priest over the house of God. Let us, every, here it is, let us draw near. We draw near because of the blood of Christ, not because of our own works, not because you helped out the poor better than that person. You're more qualified. You didn't curse this week. You had a good attitude at work. We don't enter God's presence because of our attitude. We enter it because of the blood of Christ. It's the blood of Christ. You can draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that I can approach your throne. If I'm having a good day, I'm having a bad day, God, I can come into your presence. And and, and I'm washed by the water of your word. I'm washed by the blood of Christ. I'm cleansed not because of my works. Two reasons why people do not spend time with God. I'm talking about a daily devotional time. One of the things that Pastor Larry Lee taught is it's important to have a set time each day. Again, morning, night, you know, it's got to be at 630. I mean, there's, there's times, and I have a set time when I pray. I try to read my Bible 30 minutes. I do the life journal. And then I try to pray 30 minutes, sometimes 45 or an hour. But, but, and by the way, by the way, I don't spend time with God because I'm a pastor. I spend time with God because I'm a Christian. Because I want to hear from heaven. And the reality is, is that there's two reasons why people do not spend time with God. Number one is fear. And I've addressed that. Well, pastor, I've just not done well this week. I just, last thing I want to do is talk to God. How many times do I see somebody in the community at a restaurant? Hey, man, what's up? Where you been? Oh, pastor, I'm just not doing well. I just don't want to. Wait, 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 wait. 
When you're not doing well, you don't run from God. You don't run from the house of God. You don't run from... That's actually when you should press in. That's when you need people. That's when you need God. That's when you need church. When, you, when you're not doing well, that's when you need to go and get strengthened. We don't run from God. We press in. Don't ever let fear, inferiority, or inadequacy drive you away from God's presence. Don't ever let that happen. All right, here it is. Here's number two. You guys ready? Here it is, number two. The second reason why people do not pray and spend time, I'm talking about a devotional time in the morning or at night, a quality set of time, is because they say they're too busy. Well, I'd like to. God, I, I know in your word, I know Jesus had a prayer time, but he wasn't real busy. How'd you like to be Jesus? My gosh, you couldn't even go to McDonald's with people. Can you pray for me? I mean, you, trust me, he had a full schedule. But God, you don't understand I'm busy. I run companies. I have a lot on my thing, and I, I just, I don't have time for this. I mean, I want to. It's a nice thought. Let me posit the thought for a moment. Hmm, let me think. Uh, no, I'm too busy. Really? That same person. I'll see him at 5 o'clock at the gym, 5 a.m. Oh, my gosh, Pastor. Now you get real close. No, it's not an issue you're too busy. It's a priority. What if you could talk to somebody that had all knowledge for every situation that you were going through? Why would you not talk to them? Of course you would talk to them. I got one better than that. You can talk to God. He knows What's up with your kids? He knows what's up in your family. He knows. In other words, he's got wisdom, his word, his spirit. Don't let busyness keep you away from God's presence. Mark chapter 4, the scripture says, The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desire for other things come in and they choke out the word. Don't let the busyness of life choke out your time with God. So, I want to talk to you for just about 10 or 15 minutes, and then we'll close. I want to talk to you today about how to draw near. So number one, I know that, that prayer is both upward, inward, and outward. We're going to be talking about that for six weeks. Upward prayer. Everyone say upward. upward. Everybody say inward. inward. Everybody say outward. outward. You'll, never forget, you'll never forget this. Upward, inward, out. And you'll be able to categorize prayer. You'll see it in the Bible. Okay, that's upward prayer. Okay, that's inward prayer. I got it. That's consecration. That's, oh, that's, oh, that's intercession. That's boom. That's, that's speaking faith over and knocking mountains. Okay, I got it. Upward, inward, outward. Today I want to talk to you about, okay, how do I pray upward prayers? In other words, how do I draw near? Practically, how do I do it? All right, pastor, I'm stirred. My heart's stirred. I, I, I want to do this. I, 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 I want to be in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, fear goes. Faith comes. When you're in the presence of God, worry goes. You bring all your anxiety, you bring all your fears in the presence of God, and it's like, a, it's like a divine drain. It goes out. Why? What replaces it is God's presence. I want that in my life. I know you do. So how do you practically draw near? I'm going to give you three things. Number one, the first way to draw near, this is upward prayer. These are categories of prayer in the Bible under the macro category, upward prayer. Number one, praise, worship, and adoration. I'm going to couple those all together. This is the first way to go up. We draw near, number one, by focusing on God through praise and worship and adoring Him. It opens the door to the presence of God. So this morning, I have one of these that's laminated. 
And so I brought it up. I pray in two places. I mean, I pray throughout the day different places, but set times of prayer. And I do believe, by the way, it's kind of like if you're married, okay? You should talk to your spouse throughout the day, communicate, but you should still have a date day. You should still have a time when you talk to them. Does that make sense? Same combination, same correlation there. We should talk to God different times, but we should still have a focused time when you're not distracted and it's focused. So I pray in two prayers. My prayer times, I do it in two places. Number one, if it's warm enough, I'll go outside my backyard, this little porch area. I'll sit there. There it is. That's what I do. Number two is above my garage. I have a room that's built out. I go up there. So this morning, early in the morning, I have my Bible. I have my coffee. I have my thing. And I have, I have, my, I have a laminated prayer card like this. Matter of fact, I had it in one of our services. I don't know where it is. And I must have dropped it. I don't know where. But anyway, so I, I, so I have one, and I've got several of these. So what do I do? The very first thing that I do, I'm ready to pray. Here it is. The very first thing I do is I enter into the presence of God through praise, worship, and adoring Jesus. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 100. I love this scripture. It says, enter into his gates. There's the beginning point with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Do you know what upward prayer does? Do you know what it does when I focus on God? Here's what it does. I bring all my problems to God. I bring all my concerns to God. But when I focus on God, God, I see God as real big and my problems get real small. It's not that they go away. They just lose control over my life. Because I see God. God, you're so... When you, it's almost like when you go into prayer, it's like... God's big, but my problems are big. But the more you worship Jesus, the more you focus on God, guess what? You see God as a lot bigger. Your problems are here. But in perspective and proportion, they're a lot smaller. When you see your life from God's perspective, it's like, with God's help, I can handle that. I want to teach you one of the terms that I use. It's a biblical term. It's a very healthy term. In my prayer time, this morning, I will begin my prayer. This is all upward prayer, communing with God. One of the things I'll say, it's in the Bible, is I love you, Jesus. Now, I know it's difficult for some people to say I love you because maybe you were in a home, you didn't hear it much. Maybe you heard a lot of other things besides those words. I love you. Can, can y'all just, can we just say that word? I love you. I love you, Jesus. Can we just say that all together? At the count of three, all of our locations, those that are joining us all night, let's just say one, two, three. I love you, Jesus. There's something about saying to Jesus, I love you. There's something about that. So when I begin my prayer time, I've got my prayer card with me. I tend to hold my card because it helps me. And, and, and this morning, that's what I did early in the morning. I'm upstairs above my garage in a room. And I lift my hands to God. I just, Jesus, I just worship you. I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I think, what am I doing? I'm drawing near. What am I doing? I'm pressing in. Another word for pressing is I'm drawing near. Guess what starts to happen? Ooh, all of a sudden I start sensing God's presence. Not right at first, but I just, Jesus, I just worship you. Lord, I just love you. I thank you. God, I thank you for who you are. Matter of fact, if you'll see on this uh, guide that I have, by the way, I don't believe this is the only way to pray, but it's definitely a way to pray. There, there's not one pattern to pray, but this is a pattern, all right? Not the, but a. This is very important. And so 
if you'll notice on here, there's different aspects of just focusing our Father who art in heaven. Jesus, I just worship you. I focus on you. I adore you. And there's something about just allowing that to flow out of your heart. You begin to have deep feelings. By the way, did you know that God has deep feelings of love towards you? Yeah. I know that may sound crazy and radical to some people, but it's true. God loves you. I struggle with that for many, many years. Does God love me? Does God? And you know what happens? The more that we're in the presence of God, watch this, and the more that we are saying, Jesus, I love you, you actually begin to feel the presence of God. You begin to sense his presence. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, I love this. Give yourselves completely to God. Completely to God. Upward prayer, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm giving my heart. I'm, by the way, it's, re, it's way easier for God to move a mountain out of our life often than to capture our heart. It's the heart of man. What is God after, really? He can answer He can answer concerns, your prayer needs, your prayer concerns. God is, I mean, he can do anything. The hardest thing is to capture our affection. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and all thy strength. Pastor, why do we love God? Because he loved us first. First John chapter 4, verse 19, we love him because he loved us first. So you're now in the prayer time with me. I've got my card. This, this is about 10 or 15 minutes of my prayer time. I'm worshiping Jesus. I'm declaring who God is. Another thing that I do in this upward prayer, what is upward prayer? It's worship, it's praise, it's adoration, and it's thanksgiving. We're going to get to thanksgiving in a moment. But there's a, there's a praise and worship component to this. Adoration, I love you, Jesus. Praise and worship. Psalms 95 says this, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of salvation. I will lift my voice and I'll begin to sing. I'm not a great singer. I'm not... I don't hold myself up as a great singer or anything like that, you know. But, but I do believe there's something about lifting your voice in praise and singing. And I, now, now, I know that for some people publicly, it's like, man, I don't want to do that publicly. By the way, the reason why we turn, why is Church of the King's music so loud? One reason. Because not everybody sings good and we don't want to hear it. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm, it's not that loud. Hey, I love, honestly, as a pastor, I love to hear everybody sing. It's amazing when you begin to hear in unison, man, it's just so powerful. <laughs> There's a voice. People are just lifting their voice. I want to say this very respectfully as a pastor. If this is the only time you sing to God, you are really missing out on a special moment with God personally. Corporate worship should never, ever replace private devotion, and private devotion should never replace corporate worship. In the Bible, there's both, and we need both. Come on, how many of y'all received that? We need both. We need both. So I would say this. Let your private devotion be your place of practice. I had a guy one time. He goes, he goes again, Steve, I like your talks. I, they're good talks. They make sense. But I'm not going to do the hands thing. I go, what do you mean? They go, I'm not lifting the hands. I ain't doing the hands. I'm not doing the hands. I said, you don't have to do the hands thing. Just listen to the talks. But the talks will get on you. Eventually, you want to lift your hands. i never forget the day he came up to me. He was so excited. He goes, Pastor, I did it. I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> he goes, I did the hands thing. It was kind of cool. <laughs> now, that same person will be at the Saints game. Go for it! <clears throat> and, I, and I'm a Saints fan. But I'm a bigger fan of Jesus. 
a bigger fan, a bigger fan. I worship you, God. Jesus, I worship you. At first 10, 15 minutes of prayer, Lord, I just lift my hands, I lift my heart. So God, I, I just open myself to you. I, what am I doing? I'm drawing near. I'm shouting, God, I thank you. I may begin to sing a song. I love you, Lord. I lift my hands. Lord, I just, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I'm coming into the presence of God, not based upon my works, but based upon the blood of Christ. I have boldness. I am qualified to come into the presence of God because of the blood of Christ. And now I'm in God's presence. And it's awesome. I've had friends meet like really, you know, famous people, you know, and I'm not talking about like TikTok people that dance. That was funny. But anyway, so I had a friend of mine one time. He goes, man, I went and visited Billy Graham. He goes, I remember he was, all, he goes, I remember walking into the room. It was just like, it was like just an, a sense, an aura. It's like when you know that God has used that man to just reach millions of people. And I respect, I'm a big Billy Graham fan. Oh, huge. And he's awesome. But in comparison to God, oh, it pales in comparison. We have the privilege of coming in to the almighty presence of God. I worship you, God. Number one, upward prayer, adoration, praise, and worship. Number two, the second thing we do when we come into the presence of God is we draw near through thankfulness and gratitude. Psalms 107.1, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I'm thanking God. God, I thank you. I thank you that I have, Lord, breath in my lungs. There's a, there's a powerful, powerful, powerful story of gratitude. What gratitude does to the, to the human body. What gratitude does to the soul. There's a story of these ten lepers in the Bible. I don't have time to unpack. I'm just going to give you, you can read about it later. In Luke chapter 17, these ten lepers. Leprosy was a disease of the skin. It was in Bible times. Matter of fact, leprosy is still around today. Much better treatments. If you had leprosy in the Bible, you had to go outside the camp. You couldn't integrate socially with others. You were deemed, you were deemed physically unclean, spiritually unclean, socially. You had to live outside the camp. One day, these ten lepers, they heard about Jesus passing through town, and they came up, and they cried out for mercy. And Jesus touched them, and here's what he said. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. It, it was important, according to the law, you had to show yourself to the priest outside the camp. The priest would deem you clean to allow you to come back, integrate back into culture and society. The Bible says as they went, as they obeyed the words of our Lord, they were healed. Ten of them. They're like, whoa, we're healed. This is amazing. One guy out of ten goes, hey guys, wait, wait, stop, stop. We ought to go back and tell that guy, thanks. No, 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 no. We've got a life to live now. We've got to go back. We're so excited. Well, we, talk, we come back. Don't you think we ought to go tell the guy that, like, positioned us for a new life, thanks? None of them left. The Bible says only one guy came back, and he said to Jesus, um, I just want to say this. Thank you so much. My whole life has changed because of you. And Jesus said this. Here's what he said. Here's what he says. Thy faith has made thee 
whole. Do you know what the word whole there is? Watch this. Don't miss this. The word whole is the Greek word sozo. And here's what it means. It means more than physical healing. It's healing of the body, healing of the mind, healing of the soul. Can I tell you what gratitude does? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Gratitude heals the soul. How many toxins in our lives? How many times we're dealing with negative emotions and fears and anxieties? Gratitude heals the soul. When we lift our voice to God, I'm telling you, it releases something. Medical science will prove that when we're grateful, we're grateful. By the way, this is a season of gratitude. Yes, to God, and you ought to be grateful to others. Grateful to people around you, but we're going up. What are we grateful for? Number one, we thank God for his blessings. How many are grateful that you actually had breath in your lungs and strength in your body to come to watch today? By the way, often we're not, we often don't value something until we lose it. Let's not lose something to realize how grateful we are for it. Yeah. Number one, we're grateful for his blessings in our life. God, I'm so grateful that I had the strength to be able to come. Number two, we're grateful, this is big, even in spite of the burdens we're facing. I love the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's, I've said this for years, he's like the original Terminator. I mean, you couldn't kill the guy. Shipwreck a night and a day in the deep. The guy's left for dead, stone, whipped. All, I mean, just all over. And, and he's the one that said this. He wrote this. He wrote this in prison. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything. Everybody say, in everything. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things. We're in the presence of God. God, I just thank you. Don't let burdens keep you back from praising God. Don't let current circumstances cause you to not be grateful to God. Just start. Whatever. God, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful that I have lungs and breath. I'm, I, I'm grateful. I'm so, so, so grateful. God, I'm so grateful that I, that I had. I'm grateful that my voice. I, I'm grateful. But by the way, I have a, a preacher friend of mine that lost his voice. He said, I never realized how important my voice is until I lost it. Don't wait till something happens before. Let's be grateful now. Let's press in now. Let's draw near in worship, adoration, and thanksgiving. God, I'm grateful. Everybody say, say, Jesus, I'm grateful. So tomorrow morning when you wake up and you have your time with God, it's, it's, it's I'm entering the presence of God because of the blood of Christ. Not because I'm better than anybody else. Not because you're better. We're coming in boldly. And we're worshiping him. We're thanking him. We're praising him. What are we thanking him for? We're thanking him. Listen, we're thanking him in spite of what we're going through. By the way, gratitude will actually empower you to walk through what you're going through. And then I'll close with this. We all have prayer lists. We ought to have prayer lists. But I want to submit to you, what about a praise list? One of the greatest things that we can do, watch this, to help us when we're going through tough times is to remind ourselves what God did for us in the past. God, you did it before, you'll do it again. God, you touched my life before, you'll do it again. Joshua chapter 3, the children of Israel, they went into the promised land. And here's what Joshua told them. Gather stones, put them up on your fireplace. They called it build a memorial. 
All right, right there. Just put them up in your house. Watch this. So that when your kids are older, you can point to these stones and say, God delivered us. One of the greatest ways to build faith in the present is to remind ourselves what God did in the past. Talk to your soul in the morning. Soul, rejoice in God. Soul, remember what God did for you. Soul, be happy in God. Soul, God touched us before. God will touch us today. So speak to your soul about what God's done. Speak to your life. Why? Because I tell you, if God's done it before, God will do it again. Come on, how many of y'all grateful that God will? He'll do it again. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. This is a very holy moment in our service each week. If you do not know Christ, we do not come into the presence of God on our own merits, but it's the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day for you. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? In just a moment, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise, but right where you are, maybe the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you throughout the day, throughout this service. And you say, you know what? I'm not where I need to be with God. I'm not sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. In just a moment, the count of three, I'm just going to ask for a show of hands. All of our locations, those that are watching online, you'll be able to tell your host in just a moment, I gave my life to Christ, if that's you. In just a moment, at the count of three, again, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus. Steve Robinson can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Any, a church cannot save you. Jesus saves. We can point to Jesus. There's a man, the God-man who died for you. He is the Savior of your soul. Do you know Christ? At the count of three, say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I want to surrender my heart to Christ. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, just put your hand up high so I can see. God bless you way up top. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you, my friend. God loves you. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. God bless you way up top. Yeah, it's awesome. God bless you way up there. Church, can we pray with those that are trusting Christ? This is the most important prayer. They'll pray. And let's pray. And let's join our faith with him. Can we do that? Say, dear Jesus, everyone, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say this. Say, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. Man, congratulations to those of you who are making the decision to follow Christ for the first time today. We're so excited for you. We want to celebrate you. And we want to just, we want to come alongside you and walk with you as you begin this new relationship with Christ. As a matter of fact, we're going to put a link in the chat or right here. You can follow that link and fill out a short form. And someone from our team is going to send you some resources to help you walk out this new life that you have with Christ. And it's incredible that when you give your life to Jesus, or maybe you're rededicating your life, you don't have to live in the shame and the guilt of your past. You're letting go of those poor decisions that you might have made. And there is hope and freedom in the name of Jesus. There is hope and freedom for you. So let me just encourage you throughout the week, keep saying that there is hope and freedom in the name of Jesus for me. And again, congratulations. This is a significant step, and we're so proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. It really is significant. And you know, you know what else, man, more than half the battle is just showing up. And I want you to know that 
man, if you just keep showing up, if you just stay consistent, if you just stay faithful and show up, not just at church, but in your relationship with God, you'll, there's nothing that God cannot do. There's nothing he can't change. There's no breakthrough that God cannot unlock in and through you. But we have to do our part and we have to keep showing up. So keep showing up. We want to see you here in church with us. Yeah, so we'll see you here next week. Invite a friend. We're going to continue in this series called Lifeline, and we'll see you here, same time. Same place. See you guys.